Today is Wednesday, April 12th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast, and I'm your host, Nate. Today, we're going to talk about the viral video going around the world about the Dalai Lama, His Holiness, who uh, kissed a young boy on the mouth and asked him to suck his tongue. And since, uh, I guess, doing that on the stage of everyone in the world has since decided it was inappropriate and apologized. Um, but we're going to talk about that for a little bit because you just can't really ignore that. Then we're going to talk a while about the differences in Quakers versus Puritans and some other general stuff. And then uh, lastly, we talk about the divinity of Jesus again and the hypostatic union and the Nicene Creed, etc., etc. So join us for this riveting discussion and also a little gross with the tongue sucking thing. Don't don't do that. That's, that's gross. Um, Anyway, check out the Ask a Christian book available on Amazon. The link is in the description. And the Ask a Christian store. Grab a t-shirt, support the podcast, and encourage civil discussion about your belief and why you have it and this hope you have, like 1 Peter 3.15 says. And do this with gentleness and respect. And you can also support the uh, podcast by just donating in the link at the top of the podcast description. And share these links with friends and family and even people you don't like to bug them, I guess. So take care. We'll see you next time. Sucking a child's tongue. There's no other context that's needed to say that that's wrong. And we can discuss whether or not, you know, what he's done in the past should, you know, be nullified of what he's now done in the present. But I would say, hey, like, that doesn't look good on your religious leader who you consider holy. I wouldn't say he's holy anymore, but he can still be a religious leader. But, like, it's the same it's the same thing with, like, you know, the Catholics with the Vatican. You know, they're not willing to call out the Vatican for what it is. But, um, and again, like, I'm not saying, you know, Christians, like evangelical Christians or Protestants or any, anyone like that have things wrong with our leadership. We do. But it's just crazy that, like, people are so willing because they're a religious leader or because they're a political leader or because of whatever, because they have some form of power, they don't deserve the same type of, you know, criticism that we've given just regular people. So, this was my grandpa doing it. I would say that's gross. You're, you're not, I'm not going to be around you anymore, you know? So, yeah. Reb, uh, welcome. Uh, if the Dalai Lama were to meet you and he's like, hey, Reb, suck on my tongue. Would you be like, well, I'm not part of your religion or, you know, that's kind of weird, but I'll respect your culture. And okay, which, I mean, you know, you're like in your 50s or something, I think you said, so that yeah. would never happen. You're, you're about, you know, 40 years too old for that. But uh, yeah, did you? What are your thoughts on the Dalai Lama asking the young boy to suck his tongue uh, after totally he kissed on the lips? <laughs> oh, I mean, there's totally disgusting. Yeah, no, no, it's just totally wrong across the board. My question is, I was going to ask Keegan, um, like even another statement is. So, can someone tell me what good has the Dalai Lama done? Like, what has he done that is good? Period. Just in his life. I don't well, know anything about him. Yeah, really. so I, well, I was, as I was talking again, I did not know enough about Tibetan Jews, uh, Buddhism uh, before this, and then of course yesterday, all I'm doing is reading about Tibetan Buddhism, <laughs> and and uh, which always that's just the case of what happens. But um, and a lot of of what Tibetans were telling me yesterday of the Dalai Lama is that like you know this man has gone through a very pacifist way of trying to deal with the CCP and the way that he has done political moves throughout his life, I guess, to kind of set them up for success um, and, and always preaching to not be hostile to uh, the Chinese regime. I mean, I guess that portion of his life has been good. But again, you're absolutely right. I have no idea what he does the day to day. I asked him multiple times, like, hey, what does this man do for like communities? And they were just like, he's just a great, you know, he speaks 
great wisdom in our lives. And it's like, okay, like, I, I don't know. But that's what they told me is what he does. Well, I mean, if he does this stuff on camera, I'm like, good Lord. Like, and why does this happen so much? It's like you've got, like, world leaders. Like, it, it's like I, – I, I hate the term gaslighting. It's lame. But, I mean, what else could it be unless they're just, like, so warped in their head that they're like, oh, I'm in my private office right now. Uh, you know, do this inappropriate act with me, child. Here, let me sniff your hair. Here, let me lick the back of your neck. Oh, oops, well, I'm actually in a press conference with 500 people. My bad. Like, is this just coming out because they're so, like, demented or <laughs> – well. I will, I will give us the slightest of defenses here, and I hate to do yes, this. Defend but when you're, this act. Yeah, I'm not defending this <laughs> act, but in the sense of, like, I would actually say it's probably be- worse. Okay, how do I put this? I have a feeling that if your life is every time you're not in a bathroom, that your life is constantly videoed. Like, the Dalai Lama is basically under a surveillance worldwide nonstop. And so the fact that any action at all inappropriate is going to be caught. I, you will like, if I was followed around, people would say, I'm not going to shake his hand because I saw him scratch his butt one day. Right. So there's going to be something I have done. That's disgusting on a big stage. This is not that this is horrible. There's no way that I accidentally suck a kid's tongue. It's not like I was walking down the street and like stumbled my tongue into some kid's mouth. That doesn't happen. These things happen, you know, like this is just a greeting I do. That's disgusting. And the fact that he did it just kind of nonchalantly does make me wonder what's happening behind that bathroom closed door. So, yeah, I'm uh, – it's disgusting across the board. This well, is just it. And Tibetans were making a good case to me uh, yesterday saying, you know, hey, the CCP continuously try to get something – like they, they've tried to, you know, dismantle the idea of the Dalai Lama. And if that's Except- the case – and they yeah, but here. I mean, if the CCP is like trying to set uh, Rab, we're not going to use me in this example, trying to set Rab up and they put him on stage and they're like, what are they putting microchips in his brain? That's like, uh, comm- like forcing him to ask, like kiss a kid on the lips and then ask him to suck his tongue. Like, I mean, if, if they're really doing that totally beyond his control, then I guess, you know, success. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I find it hard to believe it's anything other than the guy being like, yeah, kissing a kid on the boy and asking so- like, what what does China have to do with that? Like as much well, as so maybe, blame them. So, so like Nate, maybe they realized well, Nate, maybe they realized this was his ultimate temptation. If they like all this time people were keeping small children from him because they knew he would do this. And the Chinese were clever enough to put a small kid on stage so he could suck the kid's tongue on camera. So how dare they tempt him with this undeniable temptation? So like he just has no like you know, from a from a practice which would be hilarious, like from a practice of like Buddhism, which is like all about, you know, like the, the epitome of like self-control or like the seat of, of self, you know, discipline and all this stuff. And you put the ultimate temptation in front of him, if that would be what this is. And he has no power. Like he can't be like, Oh, I'd really love to do this. Uh, someone find a way to get that kid in my dressing room behind stage. Um, he just has to like go for it right in the middle of everyone on national TV. <laughs> like, yep. That's, last that's not very much discipline. The, the last temptation of the dolly. Oh boy. What a time to be alive. Say this like every day. Well, before I was really interrupted by my wife, how dare her um, call me? Uh, uh, what I was saying was, yeah, I don't know what you guys said before this, but the yeah, like they made a good case of like, hey, the CCP is trying to find something wrong with the Dalai Lama, and if it's taken this long, like, is he really doing this behind closed doors? My thing is, is that yeah, he's probably doing this behind closed doors. Like, 
let's all like I I and I and I told them this and they're like, oh, we don't care about Gandhi. Like Gandhi's actually a terrible person. Like you know, the West were the ones who propped up Gandhi. We never actually, if you talk to most Indians, you know, we who are Tibetan Judah, um, who Buddhists, they don't believe it. Like you know, they don't believe Gandhi was a, a good figure for us. But like Gandhi, right? He dies, and then all these things come out that he was sleeping with underage women, and it's like, all, all I'm saying is. Hey, this happened once before in your guys's uh, religion. Seems like it's gonna happen again. I hope it doesn't. I hope this is the only time he's ever sucked a kid's tongue. <laughs> um, but we have to ask the question, Nate. What was the kid wearing? Was he asking for this? Because that's what Tibetan Buddhists were pretty much telling me yesterday. Wait, wasn't he on a, the picture? Like, wasn't he in one of the Tibetan robe things? It, I posted the link at the top. Or, like, what's he wearing there? Like, that yellow, was that like a yellow robe thing? Was he part of their order, or was he just some dude wearing a yellow shirt? Well, so I actually watched the full video. I don't know if anyone has. And I, I could, I, I didn't find it, and no, much I'm like good. Sean, I don't really want to see it. You, so yeah, I'm good with the same. news well, reporting they, it. Well, a bunch of, they, you know, again, this I was in a room with like 300 people, and there was like so many Tibetan Buddhists. I was like, wow, this is so surprising <laughs> how large this community of Tibetan Buddhists are on Clubhouse. Um, it seemed like they just came out of the woodworks to, to make sure that their holiness, you know, but anyways, uh, they were, they were like, you need to watch full video. You need to watch full video. Here's a full video, blah, blah. So I finally decided to watch full video and I was like, this makes it even worse. Uh. (laughs) So he pretty much, so this child, he's, he, it's like a meet and greet for the Dalai Lama. So, so you're just watching people come and meet him and the kids stand up. He goes, I would love to hug you. I would love to hug you. And so he's like, okay, come, come and hug me, come and hug me. And kid hugs him. And then he's like, I would love to kiss you on your cheek. And he goes, okay. And he kisses him on the cheek. And then he, then the Dalai Lama says, kiss me on my, you, he said, you forgot. And then said, kiss me on my lips. And then said, suck my tongue, which I'm going to be honest. I've never done that. Even to my wife. I've never <laughs> stuck my tongue. Said, hey, honey. I'm getting uncomfortable. Yeah. And, uh, and then afterwards uh the there's a whole new me and greet for like another like 15 minutes afterwards he actually takes a picture with the kid and like is is like hugging him i'm like it's just he was not overly affectionate with anyone else he did not suck anyone else's tongue and i was like guys this video doesn't make your his holiness any much better i was like if anything it makes me think he only does this with children and maybe still referring to him as his holiness after that (laughs) Oh, I had to. If I said, if I didn't say his holiness, they were like cutting me off. You're disrespecting him, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, it seems like no, the saying they still refer to him as a yes. holiness. Like, oh, like yeah. if that's holiness, what is not holiness? What is unholiness? Is Not like, sucking tongues, Nate, obviously. I mean, is unholiness being like a good moral atheist just handing some people apple at a food bank? Like, is that what unholiness is? Because you may be onto something, Rab. <laughs> it is sad. Well, Welcome, Edwin. How are you? Hey, Nate. I am uh, doing decent. Uh, just listening. I might uh, chime in. Yeah, how you doing? How's Fortnite? Oh, good, good. <laughs> well, I'm, I just jumped out of a, the, the flying bus, so I'm parachuting down right now. <laughs> okay. You don't play Apex at all? I don't even know what that is. Uh, it's, it's much better than Fortnite, I think. But anyway, it's a battle royale game. I shouldn't uh, say it's much better. It's, but I, so, I used to play Fortnite, and then I went on. Anyway, sorry for the uh, levity. Go. On. I've come up with a game mechanic. I'm going to see if I can find some friends to see if we can turn it into a full game because it's, a, I think, a new game mechanic that's not done. 
Is Let's there a game where try. you can like meet the Dalai Lama and suck his tongue and you win by doing it the longest? I'm sure there is now. <laughs> I have no doubt there's going to be some little JavaScript game and something like that to play this with. So I have no hey, that's doubt. That's in your that's wheelhouse. Happen. That's something you could probably do, right? Oh, yeah. Your computer. Just whip that right up. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, for what it's worth, I used to play Fortnite a lot. And then my buddy, my buddy got me into Fortnite. And the same guy got me to Apex. And then once I got into Apex, I just kind of barely ever played Fortnite again. It's uh, it's a more fun game, I think. But um, well, anything else on the Dalai Lama, Keegan? I mean, His Holiness. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. All right, what's next? All right, Nate. There was a room yesterday. They were talking about – well, maybe Chris Chris Ra can uh, chime in about this, but there was a debate about Easter and uh, Ashtart. Do you have any knowledge about that? I've heard – Oh, we've been talking about that for the last week. No, it's not related uh, at all. Like there's like uh, – there, there's a – let me get you the video. There's like a Lutheran satire video. It's like two minutes, but they, they talk fast. But they basically they just like go through the whole history of it. No, it's not about um, it's nothing to do with Ishtar. So what does Easter mean? What does that word Easter mean? Depending mean- what whack job you ask, they'll say it's like a derivative of Ishtar. Some will say it's East Star, meaning they're doing astronom- astrology worship. Um, uh-huh. But no, it's unrelated. Like if it makes someone feel better, just call it Resurrection Day. Like no one's celebrating the Easter Bunny. No one's celebrating Ishtar. Um, you know the forgotten goddess. Um, we're celebrating the resurrection of Christ. So if it coincides with, you know, Ishtar's day of fertility, wonderful. While they, while like three naked Ishtar worshipers are having sex in a forest to celebrate, um, all the Christians are, you know, celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. Just like Christmas. You see how they do this? Like every single, every single like, you know, holiday, it's like, look, we're celebrating Jesus because of this reason. They're like, no, mm-hmm. no, no, you're celebrating the moon god. I'm like, you know how I'm not celebrating a moon god? Because I'm not celebrating a moon god. <laughs> like, if, if by celebrating you, a moon god, you mean, you know, worshiping the birth, birth of Jesus, or, you know, Ishtar, you mean mm-hmm. worshiping the resurrection of Jesus, then then sure. But, you know, but, words have meaning, so that's not what we're doing. But Nate, though, I like to say, I think it's Christians that have the, have themselves to blame for this, because you had Catholics. trees, <laughs> Catholic, all that group. So you blame had them. all of the things, you had all the things that were being used to celebrate Christmas, and then some Christian groups started saying, that's not Christian, like you know, Jehovah's Witnesses. That's not Christian. That's pagan. Don't you understand? You're not putting Jesus first, blah, blah, blah. And so then it flips around and people go, aha. So the Christians doing this are actually celebrating pagan rituals. Aha. And it comes back around. So I think the people that started picking on the celebration aspects first were Christians trying to correct other Christians. Um, so I did post in the chat um, something that I believe is not Christian <laughs> when celebrating Easter. It's at Michael Todd's church. If you guys know who Michael Todd is, he's definitely a um, uh, he's divisive pastor um, for a large church. Uh, Nate, watch that video and you tell me if you feel like there's something off with it. Uh, how long is the video? It's like it's like 10 seconds long it's just their it's their easter celebration all right you just need to i want i want everyone to watch it and where, tell me if you feel where like is this how it's far just up a, is i posted a link in the chat yeah how far up is it i don't see it keegan oh there it is okay hang on 
Oh, TikTok, wonderful. China, thanks you for your service. All right, let's see here. Oh, yeah, that's right. I have TikTok blocked on my network. <laughs> I can't watch it. So this is the video of the uh, big dance number with the uh, girls in black dancing around and yes. a guy dressed up as Jesus on the cross. Yes. You know, I got to tell you, it's, it's, a, it's an over-the-top passion play production, but it's not that far off of, like, Jesus Christ Superstar. I mean, which probably a couple people would have some issues here and there with, yeah. Right. So it's like it's like that modern times up ante to more rap style video than like kind of like um, Alexander Hamilton meets Jesus Christ Superstar. It's kind of like meets the cross, Beyonce, ah, so to speak, meets Beyonce. Yes. Yeah, so if you you put those together, it's still just an over the top passion play production, and you know like. I, but atheist, I don't think there's like any difference between the rest. If you just have any issue with like Jesus Christ Superstar or any of the other ones, then yeah, I can see why people are gonna have a Oh Rapscott, I got a question for you. Or Nate go, can answer this too. Your go your go for Rapscott. <laughs> okay. Well either of you or anybody. All right. Um do you, is there any credibility to the uh what is it, any credence to the the theory, or not the theory, the um, uh, the fact, or I don't know what word I'm looking for, that uh, Charles Darwin repented of his theory on his deathbed, or is that a bunch of baloney from creationists? It's a bunch of baloney from creationists. If anything, okay. he can say, I believe there are phrases he's saying, I think people are misusing my theory. Okay. I think people are misapplying my theory, as I think closer to it, but it's not. And honestly, the other point is, People disavowing theories on their deathbed isn't a thing in science. It doesn't matter if, so like, Newton was an absolute nut job at the end of his life. The guy was totally insane and off his rocker, and yet we don't throw away calculus and, or like, early, early Newton's laws of thermodynamics and all sorts of other things he made just because at the end of his life he was an absolute nut oh, no, job. I understand. So, I agree. Yeah. No, no, it wasn't, what right. about so, Stephen Hawking? Even if it was true, I'm not going to say, see, see, evolution is false. No, I was just, just curious. That's it. I've no, oh, hey, Vic. I, I, I agree with you. Oh, hi. Uh, what about him? Did, oh, did, no, did I he was, say something? Yeah, I think yeah, I heard someone say that Stephen Hawking, towards the end, said there is definitely a God. I'm not sure, but I haven't looked it up. Huh. I haven't heard that. I. Can someone fact check that? Let me check that. I think that would have made news, like if, well, if that were the. It possibly, and I would have no like. This is so like so, Nate. You'll have to explain this one to me. And this happens extremely frequently here on Clubhouse, is people citing random atheists or random scientists and saying, "See, this guy said the following quote," and they use that as a reason I should now believe that quote. When like well, that's really disconnected from his work. It doesn't really. I don't know why he'd be an authority on that. It doesn't really follow from any previous statement. So well, like, is it just this desire to quote an authority? It's like a big thing in Christianity. Is that where that's coming? Welcome to the club, buddy. That's why I still get blamed for people doing pagan Christmas trees from Catholicism in 1500s Germany because they're like, oh well, Christians did this. I'm like, I'm a Christian. I didn't do that. So, uh, you know, I think it's just human nature to, to do that or like to appeal like, you know, one size fits all. They're like, oh, yes, you're a totally unique atheist. But, you know, this one atheist said it. So you all believe it. Right. Right. I mean, you know, yeah. they do the, the Christians all day, every day to us. So, I mean, I guess, you know, 
That's not a helpful answer, but you're in the same boat <laughs> as us. <laughs> Fair enough. Welcome, Gia. Hey, Joshua. Baptize. Usual suspects. Bob. So I will I, say. Oh, oh sorry, Vic. Oh, no, sorry. I was just saying I was looking it up uh, and it says uh, he believes in an impersonal God or something like that. Like, I don't know what that means. Um, but he arrived I, at I that on his deathbed or before? Um, to with his death, I guess. Huh. It'd make it more like a, well, someone like a deist. So you're a deist now, right, Reb? Hawking exactly, because he so. said he said it. So I'm. Uh, yep, I will say the uh, the time where it makes sense to quote people back to people is like if I said, "Well, let me tell you, I believe absolutely everything that ever came out of Matt Delahunty's mouth, and absolutely everything he said is totally right, and that's why I'm an atheist, and it's everything he said." And then Nate says, "Well, did you see that that Delahunty said he should be eating babies on Sundays?" Like I uh, now I've got a problem. Right then, it's that's a hundred percent appropriate to use a quote from a person who I've put all of my faith and comfort into, than to say this is what this person said, and now I'm at a, now I have a problem. But bringing up random people that I don't really follow doesn't help. So yeah, I'll just put. So Rapscal, you were mentioning Isaac Newton. Were you saying he? He was a nut job. Were you being sarcastic? Or, no, he was totally insane at the end of his life. Right, he did a lot of alchemy. Uh, in his later years, where he was trying to turn lead into gold, and that it requires an enormous amount of mercury vapors to be used. And so he actually started losing his mind uh, in his later years um, and pretty oh, wow. much became a vindictive asshole. <laughs> really, like, liked ruining other people, um, just ran, like, uh, nearly a cult in the Royal Society um, hmm. of, like, the Royal Academy of Sciences in, uh, in, the, in England and stuff like that, basically did horrible, horrible things to ruin other uh, reputations for fun. Um, and then at the end, for the record, not that this is an insane part, but at the end, on his deathbed, he bragged, I die a virgin. Uh, and that's uh, what his, <laughs> one of his biggest uh, achievements was. He said, that no, no one has ever touched this body um, carnally or what I've never touched a woman. And he bragged about that on his no, deathbed. Thanks for sharing it. That's going to be something I have in common with Isaac Newton. Um, thank you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, but I, I heard that Isaac Newton actually wrote more books on theology than science and physics. Yes. And Is note how true? many times he cited. Yeah. So note, note how many times people cite his excellent theological. <laughs> I, I heard like he was really preoccupied with something about levels in hell or something. This is something I've heard many various levels in hell. He was. Yeah. He's a nut job. Yeah, that's because he's a totally insane. Okay. Hmm. All right. Welcome, SoCal Moon. If you have any questions, jump up on stage. So, like, while we have a little break, has everyone given unto Caesar? Have you finished your taxes? I, man, I did that, like, months ago. Like, I don't, but, I don't wait till the last minute. Like, I file as soon as I can. I don't like stuff on my to-do list. I like to get it off 
Well, my uh, my final forms don't come in until mid-March. That usually slows me down on getting them done. And my accountant just got back to me yesterday, so I'm all. <laughs> so are you uh, getting back from Caesar? Yes, finally. Like uh, I've severely overpaid last year, and so now I'm getting back. So that's uh, like, yes. So I'm very happy. Very my, happy my wife has been studying for, the, for uh, getting her CPA. And she, uh, her parents have always, like for the last few years, have never, like have always just felt like they've been overpaying for the, her taxes. And they have an accountant who does them. And my wife's like, well, let me look at your taxes. Like, and, you know, her parents are like, no, I, we don't want you to see how much we're making, blah, blah. But they ended up saying, sure. And my, my uh, she ended up actually getting them a tax return of $700. So I'm like, you seem pretty good at this. I don't know what you're doing, but you seem good. Hey, good adult. What's up? Uh, good morning. What's on your mind today? Actually, um, <clears throat> pardon me. I actually had a question. I didn't want to interrupt, but I was waiting to uh, pose my question. Yes, pose it. Uh, okay. Um, so it's rooted in. Grab the verse here. Um, I was trying to uh, get a better understanding of a particular verse. Hold on one second. Let me put my daughter. Hold on, hold my daughter. One second. Welcome back, Vic. Hi, sorry. I went to get a bite. You what? I was hungry, so I went to get some food. Oh. As long as it wasn't like a bite of the Dalai Lama or, you know, whatever we were talking about earlier. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was going to ask that. So did you hear um, his apology? He mentioned <laughs> it was, um, I, I think it was his followers that was saying that he likes to innocently play with his audience. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I innocently wanted to play with an audience, I'd like ask a knock-knock joke. Probably not like ask them to suck my tongue. Oh, sorry about that. Okay. So um, the uh, question is based off of Matthew 16 and 18. Sure, let's uh, show yours. And... <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Matthew 16. Uh, yep, 16 18, where it says, And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Um, and so uh, this is Christ speaking here to... And it seems to me that he's stating upon this church, I will build my church. And that's singular and possessive in that regard. Uh, and as I was speaking to some uh, co-workers the other day, uh, the question came up whether or not it could be also stated or read in this context that upon this church, I upon this rock, I build my church for my father. Um, because Christ is own taking possession or ownership here when he says my church. But of course, the church we belong to god and so my question is is it also fair to be able to read this verse in the way that it would say upon this rock i build my church for another um i want to say my first thing is no i, I mean obviously people can read it however they want i'm just thinking if it would I, i'm trying to think of a way that it could be accurate and unless you ask unitarian bob um who doesn't believe jesus is god I want to say 
no, that's that's too much of a stretch. Like that's that's not that can't be the author's intent. Like the way it's written is the way it's read. And then when you start like you know kind of going off these roads, it's like like kind of very loosely linking things together. I think not. Um, Edwin, what do you think? Okay, sure, wonderful. Well, well oh, you got oh about yeah, about my understanding. I I, I would tend to uh, agree with you, but I, I I don't. My understanding is that the rock. Some people believe that the rock is referring to the uh, the declaration by Peter that you are the Christ, and some people believe that is the rock, the foundation of the church. Um, I don't know if I agree with that. But uh, so uh, the the good adult is that I'll build this church for my father. Well, it says upon this rock, I build my church. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's possessive, of course. Yes. My. Uh huh. Uh, so then and we are the church, right? The body is the church. Uh, and so he's taking ownership. But then. Is he building this church for another or not, is the question. Well, even if you wanted to say that, then ultimately, like, look at the part where it talks about, you know, Jesus will put all, all things into subjection to the Father, and then the Father will put all things into subjection to him. So even if you said that as, like, a placeholder, like, well, you know, Jesus is building this for his Father, um, well, eventually, you know, he's going to give everything to his Father, and his Father's going to turn right around and, you know, put all things into subjection to him. So one way or another, it's Jesus' church. Like, so even if someone wanted to kind of go off the traditional understanding for whatever reason, um, just let them know that ultimately everything's going to be under the subjection of Christ anyway. So this doesn't matter. Uh, what do you think, Chris? Were you hearing enough of this to give an input? Yeah, I'm just trying to remember. Good adults, are you Unitarian or are you modalist? I forgot. So let me rephrase the question, Nate. Oh, that just, makes sense. <laughs> uh, Nate, let me rephrase the question, I guess, because the way the conversation was happening at my work the other day, um, Essentially, what I'm saying is, does the church belong? Does the church belong to Jesus, or does the church belong to another? Church belongs it's to Jesus. Jesus. Jesus purchased the church with His blood in Acts. That's what the declaration in Acts says. The church belongs to Jesus. The church is the bride of Christ. Understood. Okay, so I want to make sure uh, that that was the question. Uh, we were having okay, so the church belongs to Jesus, not God. Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Uh, Chris, just question. Uh, go on, go on, the young adult. No, 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 no. I don't want to. I don't wanna interrupt. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was going to ask like a related question, but about uh, Chris or Nate, <coughs> like the um, upon this rock. Now, do you believe the rock? Some people believe it's the declaration that Peter made, the confession about Christ being this, the Son of God. Or do you believe the rock is the apostles? Uh, I think Michael Heiser actually suggested that the rock, is actually, he was actually pointing to the physical rock. He, it was some significance to where he was uh, speaking. I thought that was interesting. I'm not sure I agree with that or I'm misquoting him. But what do you think, Chris, about what the actual rock is? Was it Peter? Um, it's Peter. It, it has to be. Like, why, How do people get – like, goodness, you wonder how – but you wonder how cults are formed. Like when people are like, it's like he changes the guy's name. He's like, you're going to be called Rock. Your name is Rock. I'm going to build my church on you. And like, does Rock maybe mean the sedimentary discovery we found? Because Peter was standing on a rock and that came from a comet, therefore spaceship. Like how do people come up with this stuff? Like the dude's name is Rock. 
Um, yeah. And that also doesn't mean he's the first pope, you know, by the way. Like, it is, it is flabbergasting that people, like, take, right. so, you know, innocent little words of the Bible. So, so the, and the Greek is... Yes? Uh, I was just going to say, the Greek is unambiguous. Go, go seek out Antonus, he'll let you know. The rock is the confession. The, there's, the, the Greek is, is extremely clear in the grammar that it is not referring to Peter, that it is referring to the confession of Christ being the Son of God. Like but somewhere between... It's unambiguous in the Greek. There is zero disagreement in anyone who knows Greek of what the object is. Catholics make up the idea of the object pointing to Peter with zero evidence to do so. But somewhere between the confession and him being the first pope, isn't there like, I mean, you know, Peter was kind of like the guy that took, I don't know, the confession. Like, that's not a crazy thing to say, right? Sure, but I mean, like, he, he understood the confession, but also, like, he was not even close to being the head of the church. Like, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. He's not first among the apostles. I mean, even at the even at the Last Supper, he leans over to John, and he's like, Hey, John, I know you're closer with Jesus than I am. Can you ask him something for me? I mean, he literally does that. So if he's the first among the apostles, why is he leaning over to ask John to ask Jesus something? See, that's another thing. I don't see it that way. Like, just because, well, I don't see it that way. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you, but I would never think it that way. Like, you know, in, in terms of, you know, this would be where you'd be like, is it predication or is it economic? Blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, head doesn't, in my mind, being the head or being the start or being the guy that, like, will carry the message or being the chief example of you denied me and now you've got forgiveness. Like, whatever. Like, I'm... Like, I never read that as, like, you know, he's the best, he's the best disciple, or, you know, he's the, the head in, in that sense, like, the the placeholder, or, or, like, the, you know, the, whatever, like, the freaking Pope. I just read this as, like, you know, he's one of the main people who are talked about who's going to share this message. Like, when you think of the New Testament, like, all the disciples wrote stuff, all the apostles wrote stuff, but you typically think of, like, Peter and Paul as being, like, the most, you know, the most um, standard bearers for this church. Like, they're the ones that seem to talk about it the most. I mean, of course, the other apostles right, but that's kind of, in my mind, how I think. It doesn't mean he's the best or the closest to Jesus. Um, it could just mean that, for some reason, he's, like, one of the main guys always talked about. And he's like, here's your message. Here's the confession I'm bringing. Believe this. Anyway. Oh, okay. well, cool question, Chris. Uh, well, question for Chris. What are your thoughts on, I think it's in, uh, I don't know if it's in First, Second Peter. It talks about, it's a context where it speaks about Christ being the chief foundation being the apostles paraphrase do you think that ties into that at, um at all that spoken of i think as a as a foundation jesus is the chief cornerstone but the apostles do lay the foundation do you, do you think that ties in or, or no right so so the actual verse says the foundation of the apostles and prophets this is talking about the writings of the apostles the word of god so as Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone, the word of God is the foundation for the church, the teachings of the apostles, not the apostles themselves. So, so just so I'm clear, Nate, when I, um, in, uh, what is it? Uh, I think it's in 1 Corinthians 11 somewhere it says God is head of Christ. So again, with that Matthew 16 and 18, um, from a, from a, um, 
a lineal perspective, if I can say say in that context, or as how, like the hierarchy of how things are ahead are headed up. Uh, again, to my question, could it be said that upon this rock I build my church for God? Meaning that if Christ is over the church and then God is over Christ, then therefore He's building the church for God. Does that make sense, or would that be a false um, understanding of the actual hierarchy? If you could, if I could put in that context. Your question makes sense, but I would say it would be a bad understanding of it. Um, just like you're saying, so I'd say, yes, your question makes sense, but it's a false understanding because, I mean, you know, if someone wants to take a verse out of context, well, I mean, you know, we've just saw a few examples of taking verses in context and coming up with crazy ideas. So, you know, if you if you take that out of context, then, you know, Bob's down there would be clapping his hands saying, see, Christ isn't God. Um, but if you consider the whole, the whole scripture, um, you see it's one and the same. So like Philippians 2, 6, like, you know, Christ being equal with God in every way uh, humbled himself. So he's equality with God. And then you see that he's the same as God, like Jesus is God. So if you take the totality of scripture, then yes, that would mean that would be a false understanding of that verse. One of the principles of hermeneutics that we're learning at nine o'clock tonight, Eastern Standard Time, Living by the Book by Howard G. Hendricks. One of the principles you will learn in this class is that we take the more difficult passages of scripture and we look at them in light of the more simple passages of scripture. So one of the principles of hermeneutics that we take. So then. Chris, do you have any thoughts on the Dalai Lama? Ew, I just saw the link now? posted at the top, and it's just so icky. I'm just like, ah. It's just like heebie-jeebies. I heard the uh, Dalai Lama went into a pizzeria one time, and they asked him what kind of pizza you want. He said, one with everything. Uh... I didn't make that up. <laughs> we actually had a friendly chat with him, and he told me that joke. I, I think I kind of maybe messed it up, but anyway, just wanted to chime in with that bit of Do you think at some point with Darth blocking everybody that he'll just be sitting in rooms by himself? <laughs> at some point? Because no, he's got everybody blocked. Is he still here? Um, yeah, he's still in Clubhouse. I talk to he him. He is, yeah. I, like, I, 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 like Darth. I get along with Darth just fine. But I know I know not to pee in his Cheerios too, so I just I just handle it with kid gloves. Oh, I did until he like completely freaked out on me and like you know sent a slur of like curse curse words and like you know all kinds of stuff and he just like wouldn't stop. I'm like, dude, I've only got like a couple people blocked. I don't want to block you, but please stop blowing up my back channel. And he just kept doing it. So I'm like, all right, man. Well, I guess you know you leave me no choice. He's like, F-U-B-S, bad Christian, blah, atheist, blah, blah, blah. Like, dude, it was like a slew of curse words. But, Chris, if since he's blocked me, if you're on, if you're on the stage with me, I don't know if he might – because I got blocked because I was on the stage with people that were bad-mouthing him. So that was the, the crime that I committed. <laughs> if you're going to get – you might get punished for being on the stage with me. I mean, what's going to happen, Chris? I'm probably be- one of the top five most blocked accounts on Clubhouse, so it's fine. 
don't know if that's a badge of honor or a badge of something else. Chris, I was telling Nate how uh, you were trying to convince people yesterday that Easter and Ashtar were the same thing. I think I, I think I represented your position well, so hope hope you. Uh... Oh, good. I had to leave, and then you were, and then you finally had finished dinner or something, and we're ready to talk. And I was like, "Wait, I gotta leave." So yeah. No, I liked that discussion yesterday. It was a lively discussion. My goodness, that was uh. So. Well, Didn't mean so to bring back to the that... Easter Bunny, but go on. Well, I just like that video, the Lutheran satire video, like. They just kept saying the same talking points from the Lutheran satire video. And I'm like, please watch the video before you keep talking, because I'm just begging you. You're going to make yourself look really foolish when people watch this video and you're reciting these nonsense talking points that are totally meaningless. It's hilarious. Now, I was when they were talking about the birthdays. I was concerned about that one gentleman when he was talking about the only people that celebrated their birthday in the Bible were pagans. Because I know there's some people that are opposed to Christians celebrating their birthday. Um, yeah, Jehovah's I Witnesses. Yeah, it's just yeah. weird. It's just weird. I'm like, you know, they're, they're, the whole thing is like, they have this, you remember yesterday we were talking about the regulative principle of worship? Yeah. You can make an argument right from the regulative principle of worship that if it's not specifically laid out in the scripture, you shouldn't do it. Okay. I think that that's a very restrictive method of looking at the scripture. Right. And I think that, you know, while I do believe in the regulative principle, I, I really do. I truly do. I think that people go a little bit overboard with it. And I think that the Puritans went a little bit overboard with it. Like they didn't allow, you know, because one of the arguments was, why did the Puritans outlaw Christmas and Easter? And I'm like, well, it's not because they believe Christmas and Easter were pagan holidays. They actually knew what the holidays were about. They banned all holidays and all celebrations. That's why Thanksgiving was so like crazy like it wasn't like they were having feasts all the time. It was like they made an exception for Thanksgiving because they just never allowed any celebrations. <laughs> they were the cosmic killjoys of the 16th yeah. century. Like, and the, uh, sorry, the 17th century rather. I always get those mixed. But pilgrims are great man, like Puritans were awesome. Like they, you know, their writings are great. John Owen is difficult to read, but man, if you can slog through it, it's really rewarding. I probably won't be doing that. I mean, maybe we'll have an animated series of John Owen at some point for you, Nate. <laughs> is it a Puritan that's on the Quaker Oat Box? Or wait, <laughs> that would be a Quaker. No, that would be. Are, are Quakers Quaker. related to Puritans? Yes. Are they, yeah, they, they come out of that. Is it a sect huh? of? Yeah, loosely, they rejected a whole bunch of Puritan theology, and they were unbelievers. Like, Oh, so Puritans wacky. were believers and Quakers were not? Correct, yeah. Oh, like not believers, like you say they're not true Christians, and they would say they are Christians, or like, no, we reject your God? 
mean, you know, they reject things like the deity. They're like Bob, you know. They reject things like the deity of Christ. Oh, okay. They so they would say they're Christians. So they would. They would, would say they're Christians, but the rest of us would be like, huh? Okay. That's like I watched this really good documentary about the um, the Amish. Super interesting. So, because the, the Amish, Amish yeah, the, well, yeah, the Amish actually have their roots in the Reformation, um, and uh, they were big Zwingliists, and so, uh, but they broke off from the Zwingliists, and they decided a whole bunch of stuff. And the only translation they would use was the Bible in what we would call Pennsylvania Dutch. But the problem is, is that everybody forgot the language. And so, like, Amish, for the most part, cannot read or understand their own scripture. And so when we think of them as highly religious people, it's highly religious people in a language they don't understand. It was so interesting. It was like, what? I never do any of this stuff. And so they were talking about to a bunch of ex-Amish that go and they preach the gospel to the Amish because they've never heard the gospel. I've seen those documentaries. I've seen them. They're good, yeah, right? They go, They're really interesting, they, yeah, right, Felix? Yeah, they, they, yep, they have tent meetings where they bring Amish in and read the, the Bible in, in English, really, because, like you say, a lot of them don't know the Pennsylvania Dutch and stuff like that. But, yeah, I've seen, uh, I mean, they suffer a lot, though. Those guys that leave the Amish, ooh, man. Yeah. And I it, have... It's interesting because they're kind of related to the Quakers as well. And they, you know, they don't have elders like the Quakers. The Quakers just, they all just sit around. Their services, they all sit around in a building and they wait for somebody to stand up and speak. Like, that's their service. It's very bizarre. Uh, yeah, I think, I think, the, oops, sorry. No, no, you're good. You, you, you go. I was going to say, when, when I looked into, uh, uh, you know, Ryan Reeves' channel on YouTube, he spoke on, he spoke on, he spoke on the Quakers, and they have, at least the ones that he spoke about back, I guess, when they started or whatever, they had a lot of uh, mysticism mixed in with their so I, I um, you know, my family's from Indiana. Indiana's a pretty, not a super large, I mean, not like Pennsylvania uh, when it comes to Amish, but Indiana has a large community of Amish people. And my parents use the Amish whenever they, like, they build a wedding venue for us. They built tables and chairs. Uh, my parents are dog breeders, so they built actually kennels for us. So I have had a long-standing relationship with Amish people. I've found them to be some of the most, like nicest people but exactly what chris was saying some of the most uneducated people like like people who don't even have like reading levels up to like second third grade of like having conversation with guys my age talking about them like asking them stuff like you know what they kind of do and it's just like oh my gosh like the educational levels and the uh, education level in the amish community is so low and it's uh it's i i would say that's pretty alarming yeah, but they got the best bloodlines of standard bread trotter horses you could ever find. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and so one of the interesting things about the Reformation and about, you know, the translating the Bible into vernacular of people is that it made people literate. Like, 
the, the one thing that was the driving force behind getting people to be literate was so that they could read the scripture. And, uh, and not a lot of credit goes to that these days. It's just like, oh, yeah, everybody just started learning how to read in a vacuum for no apparent reason. And, and, it, and really, it has to do with people really wanting to be able to read the scripture in their own language. Um, and, and you also see that's where science came out of. Um, science was also like when I, when I'm making fun of atheists and I'm just like, look, man, if it wasn't for Christians, you would still be painting your face blue and baying at the moon. <laughs> That's true. Like they, they would have no science if it wasn't for Christians, like they would have no science. May. So I would enjoy watching Michael paint his face blue in Bay at the Moon. He may do that at <laughs> hockey games. You never. <laughs> Wait, Michael, the Canadian atheist. Yeah, all these people just oh. think that science just ex- <laughs> just like all of a sudden appeared on the scene. It's like, and then unexpectedly, science appears on the scene. Yeah, yeah, uh, Jamesy, that is right. The Quakers are called the Society of Friends. That's their official name. Huh. Now, I've are heard... Are there still Quakers today? No, I'm not joking. I've heard this... Yeah, there's Quakers. Who was that? There's Quakers today, for sure. I've heard... Now, again, I'm not joking. This is what I've heard about the Quakers. The term Quaker is because of... It ties in what you were saying... Chris, I think they were waiting for some kind of trembling or some kind of feeling from God to, to quake in fear or something. Does that have anything to do with that? I've heard something about this many years ago. Seriously. That's... I don't know anything about the origin yeah. of the name Quakers. I know that they were, um, well, we would call them a Paramite cult, but that was before Paramite, so Parham. So they were a, um, a pseudo-charismatic cult that... Uh, would wait, they would go into ecstatic states, um, by singing for long periods of time, um, in order to bring on quote unquote, the Holy spirit. If you go, like I said earlier, if you go on Ryan Reeves, um, channel, he has a, a video on the Quakers. Um, there's also another group of people called the shakers. And I think there might be somehow, related to that group because they share a lot of the same cultural um you know they, they, they look a lot alike you know? mm-hmm. yeah and james e modern quakers are nothing like quakers from a couple hundred years ago today they may have the same they may have some of the same doctrines but i'm pretty sure that you're right like they would have no like the the historical accounts we have of quaker services I don't think would bear any resemblance to modern accounts. So you are right about that. I've heard that the thing with the shakers, wasn't there saying that they didn't believe in even married couples having sexual relations with each other? Yeah. It doesn't do well for keeping your religion. Does it? (laughs) Yeah. Is that, um, I'm not sure. I think they 
There's no they put all their right? they put all their energy into making furniture, dude. Weren't they weren't they part of the Anabaptists? Isn't that where they come from? That was the Amish, right? Well, the the Amish, the Quakers, all these all these like American like sects, they all come from yes, um, Zwingli and the Anabaptists, and so, but loosely, right? So, the I'm trying to remember the cat's name. He started, um, oh man, the Mennonites. Uh, Menace, I think his name was Menace, Menos, Men Menlos. I don't remember, but he started the Mennonites. So one of the jokes is like, you know, when people start getting upset with Calvinism, they're just like, do you worship Calvin? I'm like, do you worship Menace? How about Arminius? Like, why is Calvinism the only one that's still called Calvinism by the person who wrote something about it? <laughs> I mean, it's like, are we called Augustinians? Because August, Augustine is the one who laid out the doctrines of grace, not Calvin. So I don't know. You no, know, we don't a, worship Calvin. Nate, you know there's an Amish community. You don't you live in this? Don't dox me. South of me. Let me just say it that way. Everyone knows where you live. I'm gonna say I okay, live in the well, North Pole, but I know what you're talking about. Okay, but I, I went. I went to a certain popular beach down there. You know, ending uh -huh. with the word key. Ending with the word key. And I saw some Amish at the beach. Of course, they got there on a bicycle. But, but yeah, they were out there, man. Yeah, I saw some of the Mennonite people too. Um, when I go to the store and stuff. We we have a uh, Mennonite grocery store. Uh, well, I don't, but my parents live about five minutes away from a Mennonite grocery store. Uh, they upcharge a lot. Gotta make that money. Yeah, so so the seminary my wife attended was founded by Presbyterians, Plymouth Brethren, and Mennonites. And the Presbyterians were eventually victorious. Now, do uh is there like a some form of like a large like like leader or figure in either the Amish or Mennonite community like had had there ever been one or is it just always been like kind of yeah, menace into this? however you say the dude's name like the founder of Mennonites was what guy he was a dude uh, what was uh what was, what was he you know do you know much about him Chris or not really not a lot. I mean, I know that they're Arminian. I know that they're Restorationist. Um, that's pretty much what I know about them. Um, you know, they, they were Anabaptists, as Felix was saying. You guys know what Anabaptist means, right? It just means Baptist. Like, we would think of them as Baptists. They just believe in re-baptizing somebody that had been baptized as an infant in the Catholic Church. So, like, it's Sounds a, it's a slur. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a slur. It's like Anabaptist is a slur that is used by other Reformed people to say that you're not quite Reformed or you're a heretic, essentially. But for someone like me, who is none of that stuff, I'd be like, hey, sounds pretty good. You want to rebaptize someone, baptize in the heretic's church? Uh, go for it. And, you know, it wouldn't be a slur for me because, you know, I am also not Reformed. 
Now, when you baptize a Catholic who's baptized as a uh, baby, do you also drown them for, for a moment's time? Or uh, is that just the Catholic Church? No, that's babies? just Eastern Orthodox. <laughs> is that the one where they like grab by the foot and like flip them back and forth? Like that is messed up. Did you see the video of the priest? The baby slipped from his hands and the, the parents caught it just in time? No. Oh my goodness. Yeah. The, <laughs> uh, Chris, wasn't there another one where the guy was actually like like flopping the baby like side to side? Or is that is that the one? Oh, I don't, I don't know. Maybe. I'm sure there's tons of videos that are really appalling of Orthodox doing baptisms. I mean, there might. I mean, Victoria is young enough. Her parents may have a video of her getting baptized. We should ask. Victoria, does the video of you getting baptized look like the one in Chris's uh, gift right now? <laughs> Unfortunately, our family was very boy oriented, so they always took pictures of my brother being baptized and not me. So I don't have any pictures or videos. I'll go by the <laughs> testimony of my family that they got me baptized. It's <laughs> a big mom. Was it like this? <laughs> I like that. I like that video that Chris just showed on his PTR, and it's like, "Where's the money, Lebowski?" <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a good one. It's just confusing, like all the stuff we're talking about, like all these, like, I don't know, weird stuff. Which I'm sure people would say I do weird stuff. It's like, how hard is it to just read the Bible? Just do what it says. It's just simple. Not like you know, drowning babies. Not like you know, only singing the, the Psalms written by King David, like just, I mean, you know, believe Jesus, worship God. You want an electric guitar, you know, praise Jesus with an electric guitar. You want to, you know, you want to like get baptized, just go jump in a pool with a preacher and, you know, have some witnesses and, you know, praise Jesus. Like very, very simple. Um, but then people go and do stuff like this. Are you telling me not to suck on children's tongues, Nate? How dare you? I mean, I think everyone would tell you that. But, uh, yes, I, I would be part of that crowd. Uh, so don't do that. The official position of Ask a Christian is do not do that. I'm trying to talk my, uh, well, me. I've, I've enlisted the help of my children. We're trying to talk my wife into uh, giving her blessing to getting a dog. When, when our dog, our Rottweiler, is almost 13, uh, passed away because he was like ancient for a Rottweiler. Um, if he would have made it like six more months, we could have got him in like Guinness Book of World Records um, for the longest, like one of the longest dogs. Um, anyways, but he died and we decided cats were a good idea because we wouldn't have to like take care of him because, you know, whenever we travel and stuff, I'm like, wait, we never travel. We, we go like two hours away, like two times a year. Um, so anyways, so now we, we regret and are trying to repent of our decision. <laughs> So we're stuck with these cats because uh, we made a commitment and stuff like that. But we're like, well, we need to also get a dog. So she's not super happy about that. But that's uh, what we're trying to work on right now. So does anyone have any uh, any good advice for how to talk a wife who does not want a dog into getting a dog? Yeah, get a get a cute dog. <laughs> Is that does that fall under like better to ask for uh, forgiveness than permission? Yeah, I promise you. Yeah, exactly. I promise you if you just get a cute dog, maybe don't get a Wattweiler, you know. I'm not saying those are bad dogs and they're not cute. 
But like in my PTR, just changed. Like that's my dog. That her name is Wellesley. She's a mini Labradoodle. She's pretty freaking cute. I came in a relationship with my wife having her, and it was a. And my wife hated dogs before that. She actually has. She actually got attacked by a German Shepherd and has like scars on her hip because of it. Had like surgery and stuff. And then she met my dog, and I was like, hey, not all dogs are like this. And so yeah, just get a cute dog, and you're gonna be good to go. Yeah, I think we're we're gonna get a smaller dog this time, just because I, I mean, yeah, like it was such a pain when he got older to like pick him up and like lift him up when he couldn't like jump up in the car and stuff anymore. So I'm like, yeah, I don't want to deal with that. So we're, I mean, we're not getting like a little yappy chihuahua, like I can't stand those things, but maybe something about like, I I, I don't know, like thirty pounds, whatever that would be. Dude, you could start like the biggest clubhouse fight of all time. Just bring Albie up on stage and start insulting his dog. It'd be like it'd be like the worst thing, huh? He's got a he's got a little Chihuahua, man. It's his best friend. Oh gosh, no! I hate those things. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you want to start some stuff, man, that's the way. Did you fall? Did you have a falling out over your religious differences? Blah blah blah. It's about a dog. It, then it would be, in like in a hundred years, they're going to be talking about like the Natatarians and the Albanians, <laughs> and it's all over. Like, do you worship the Chihuahua? You know, and the Natatarians are going to be like all high and mighty, and they're going to be like, do you give Latria to your Chihuahua? <laughs> and, like the birthdays coincide with the resurrection of Christ. See, it's idol worship. That's right. You worship the Chihuahua, don't you, Albanarians? <laughs> See, I got this unlocked. So, what was the uh, what was the room I saw you in earlier? Like, I'm not trying to like stalk you, but it, it tells me like whenever I like log on, it's like you're, you're for some reason I, I guess because you're always online, you're like the first one like I, I see in the feed. It's like Chris is speaking in this room. What what was that? It was I forgot the title, but it seemed interesting. It had something about like Unitarians twerking with Muslims. Oh yeah, so I'm I was not like, um, it was funny. It was like because I guess uh, Eliyahu and David, um, you know, the Unitarian David, and uh, who's the other Unitarian cat? The other main guy I can't remember. Oh, OJ, right? OG or Whatever. Oh, his name is O.J.E. And so that guy is like an arch Unitarian. And I guess they got in with the Muslims and they were telling the Muslims that they were Christians and that people who believe in the Trinity are heretics. And so, of course, that made all the Christians irritated. Where did twerking come into play? I think they just put that in the title to, you know, make it sensational. Hmm. Yeah, because like the Unitarians were twerking for the for the Muslims and giving the Muslims cannon fodder to fight Christians with. Yeah, the title would be very provoking enough to like get them to be like coming in and fighting for their um whatever statement they have. And I, and I basically told everybody that the word Trinitarian gives me hives. So everybody needs to stop saying Trinitarian. 
it's just Christian. We're just that if you're not Trinitarian, you're not Christian. And so just use the word Christian. I will, I refuse to use the word Trinitarian any longer because it gives victory to Satan. Well, it also gives comprehension to people who otherwise wouldn't know. I mean, so would you, if someone's like, Oh, hey, I've just met you, and I don't really know anything about religion. Are you, are you one of those Trinitarians? You're like, I'm Christian. Like, so is that a Trinitarian? Like, it's just Christian. Like, but what what about a Trinitarian? Like, would you well, be like, yeah. okay, I get what you mean. I'll explain but a true Christian, right? But a true Christian is going to be like, yeah, of course I affirm the Trinity. Like, hey, Vic, are you Christian? So you watch this. Throw him a curveball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Vic, are you? Hey Vic, do you do you affirm the Trinity? Yes. See, see how easy that was. It was super easy, right? Now I know Vic is really a Christian. Whereas if I asked Bob, I'd be like, "Hey Bob, are you a Christian?" He'd be like, "Yes." And then I said, "Hey Bob, do you affirm the Trinity?" He'd be like, "No." I'd be like, "Oh, okay." Super. Oh, he easy. wouldn't say no. He'd say it's like demented lies, demons. He wouldn't just say no. That'd be a step up. Yeah, it's probably true. Sorry to use you for a guinea pig, Vic. You were just sitting. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, I should get my get my wife uh, get it as a gift that she can't return. Oh man, there's no Stanley today because Josh just came in the room. Because <laughs> I know <laughs> I know how much Stanley loves Doctor Bowen. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Hey, actually, I was thinking about you the other day, um, uh, Josh. So I had some Nimrods telling me that it was common for ancient Israelites to participate in the worship of Assyrian gods, or Babylonian gods, rather. Um and I pushed back on that a little bit. I was like, well, of course, there's the Near Eastern gods that we're, you know, we're all familiar with from the Old Testament. Uh, there's one mention of, I can't remember the goddess's name, that uh, they're claiming is Ishtar. Because this whole thing was like, you know, Easter comes from Ishtar. And I just, I just spit in their faces when they say that because it's just such bad scholarship. Um I don't know if you can say something in the chat about that because it just cracked me up and I was like, I know a guy who knows a lot more about this than I do and I'm going to ask him. While we wait in silence. The whole well, he just said, he just... <laughs> and I know, yeah, I saw that your wife posted something on Twitter, uh, Josh, that was like taking apart the Ishtar thing, and it was really funny. And then there's the Lutheran satire that just came out on Easter about how the Ishtar ruins Easter, and it was really good. It's really good. Now I kind of want to bring Stanley back. I got more questions for that guy.
Hey, Stephen. Welcome, welcome. I mean, it would depend on the time and place, but we have to mention Tamaz Dazumi being worshipped in Ezekiel. Perhaps Ishtar, that would have obviously been seen as awful by the biblical writers. Yeah, they, they brought me to Ezekiel chapter 8 to show me that they were worshipping Tammuz, and I was like, okay, cool. So, And that somehow proves that Ishtar is the same as Easter? I was like, you need to walk me through that logic. And they're like, well, it says Tammuz. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. Like, that doesn't prove anything. Yeah, I was trying to follow that, Chris, when they were talking about that, and because I'm familiar with that those passages in Ezekiel, and um, I didn't seem to think they they established that connection. But anyway, hey, hey, Steve. hey, hey, you know, I just dropped in. I saw this. I was in. I was in that. I was in a big giant room. One of my friends was a moderator on this topic at the top, and I, and, the, and the thing I said, I said, look, I have to, I have to repent because I said, you know what, it's um. I had to repent for this because I said, look, I, I, I think it's going to be very hard because they had a lot of justifications. I said, an older man, tongue sucking, it, it, there's going to be memes for the next 10 years about this. There's going to be memes that are just going to live on in infamy. So I, I don't know what they're going to do. The people that are supporters of the Dalai Lama, I'm just like, oh my goodness. I, and, and then I almost like, I, I had to repent because I said, you know, I'm laughing at the memes and I, and I shouldn't be doing that. So I just came up to go, look, I'm, I'm asking for forgiveness from the Lord for laughing so hard and I'm done. I mean, are there any really good memes yet? Like, I haven't seen them yet, but I mean, really? I guess, yeah. I guess we should all preemptively repent because I'm probably going to laugh at them. Uh, yeah. So why? Because I said, I said, look, the the dumbest thing you guys are doing on this is is comparing tongue out with tongue sucking. There's a big gap there, and they were kept doing it and doing it over and over and over. I'm like, oh goodness, not again. I said, I said that's the dumbest thing you guys are doing. Is is um? I said there's memes that are going to live on for him. This is not going away. I mean, this isn't going to be like oh next because every time there's a tongue reference. Uh, and faith and tongues and reference, it's going to get related back to this, and it'll be around a decade from now. So, you know, you can because they were trying to say all sorts of good things. They said, "Oh well, you do all the good things in the world, but it's still going to be this, and there's no way around it." Sorry, so, and I laughed really hard. So, um, I just heard about this today. What? Why did the Dalai Lama? Have a kid do that? Is did he give? Uh, some there's nothing. There's nothing really. There is no good reason. No, there, 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 okay, yeah, Nate. Uh, the summary is there was no good reason, and and they have no other like. There's no other videos of other people doing this tongue sucking thing. I mean, it, and like I'm, he apologized and said it was inappropriate. So it's not like he's like, oh, this is an ancient custom we do to say hello to young boys. Like he he wasn't even trying to say you just don't understand. He's like. No, it was inappropriate. I apologize. So, I mean, you know, by his own admission, not good. No, but I, I think I think the bad part is, is it, I mean, it's bad because it's going to, it, you know, 
it, it's going to live for a long time. It's not going to like go away. Well, my question is like, what would possess someone to do that though? It's like you see lots of political leaders, like you know, he's not the only one, like doing insane stuff, like with the eyes of the world on you, you would never get caught doing. And they just do this like on on national, international TV. It's like, what is going through their head that they think this is okay? Like, is the is the devil pulling this the puppet strings? Like. Why would someone who's not like I mean, even if this is their thing, even if I mean even if they're like into some weird kinky stuff, like why would why wouldn't you do this in like a dark dungeon or something? Like why would you do this for the world to see and they'd be like, oh, oops, I guess that was bad. Like, did you not know this was going to happen before you did that? Like, why is it so like out and open? I think it's just like the one time. It's like that's what they kept saying. It's like, oh, this is just this 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 one time. I'm like, well, you know, there's certain one times you kind of get away with. This is not going to be it because you know what's you know what's funny is well I'm I'm just going to leave it because you know I just you know I I, I thought it's just like because I, I was on the on that stage for a while and there's all these people coming in and it was it was the weirdest 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 thing it was it was getting people to interrelate because it was a dial it was a it was a pile on I mean I've never seen so many people pile on to it I mean every direction every everywhere and it was just like it was relentless and then i'd never seen somebody piled on with no defense but with the people trying to defend him were just getting his absolutely piled on from every conceivable angle it was like i've never that was probably the hardest pile on i've ever seen uh somebody get because you're getting it from conservative, liberal, every political direction, every faith, non-faith, faith directions, everybody's piling on. And then you, and people are just like, you get like two or three people that are just trying to defend. And it's like, but, it, but it's like two or three against, you know, like 90% of the room. So it's like 90% against, and there's like three, four, five people defending out of like a hundred. And so it's like 97 to three. <laughs> And it was the weirdest thing to see on Clubhouse, like 97 people on one side of an issue and like three on the other side. And it was the weirdest thing to see. Today's Tuesday, right? Or Wednesday? Wednesday? Wednesday. Oh, I was on a I was on a thing with uh are you guys going to be um getting blue check marks for Elon Musk on the twenty first? I am not even on Twitter. No. Yeah, he was on a bit he was on a big room last night and uh, one of the people that followed me from my uh I used to be heavy politically, I don't know if you guys knew that, but I used to be heavy heavy into conservative politics on Twitter. And uh, one of my friends was on there last night. I, I don't I don't go heavy political stuff anymore like that because it was it was just too much. I spend more time reading the Bible now instead of instead of that because you can spend a lot of time politically, just like you can spend a lot of useless. Nate, you know I, I mentioned you by the way as um, uh, one of the people that is worth talking to on apologetics. I said most of them. Most of them, most of the Christian apologists, I said, are just not worth your time talking to. And there's maybe two, two or three people that are worth talking to the out, outside of this room. There's not many. You're one of one of very, very few. Because I said, look, I don't know if you've seen some of the, the, the apologetic stuff going on recently, but there's only a couple people worth talking to. You're one of them. So if the room starts blowing up, I just remember Steve, Steve's sending them your way. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to talk. 
because I, 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 there's there's the, the things are getting so wacky on the on the Christian apologetic stuff. It's like really, so I, I leave those rooms too. Like if I, I want to talk about the Bible, I know I can come in, talk to you, and uh, maybe a couple other places. But there's not a lot of places I can talk about God's word stuff. But uh, so I just pop in and say thanks, thanks for what you do. Because when people have questions about the Bible, I do say you're probably one that your theology is probably the most similar to mine. Like when I'm asking you questions, part of it is just, huh? I wonder if this theology is kind of about the same. I think pretty much. The answers you give are typically okay. That's kind of a, 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 a your, your your theology sounds not hyper reformed and not hyper uh, what would I call the opposite side like hyper Pentecostal or hyper liberal. Seems kind of middle, and that's kind of where my theology is. So I do send people your way to get answers. Well, thank you. I'll just refer him to Chris, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, thank you, Stephen. Yeah. I appreciate that. I, I, I think that you just, you know, you, I think you read the Bible similar to the way I read the Bible, which is, you know, kind of just straight. What the Bible says is kind of, you know, at face value, not, not, nothing too, too fancy and nothing too overly, overly, not, you don't over, overly liberally interpret things, which, which I'm probably, I'm probably sometimes I probably overly liberally interpret because I, you know, probably because I, I you know, I came out of a Pentecostal background. So, you know, sometimes we, you know, you take gracious um, interpretations of things, you know, and, and still believe in miracles, still believe in, you know, um, I, like I still believe in, in miracles, though I haven't seen. Yeah, well, I mean, it depends on how you define miracle, right? But uh, I haven't seen many of the, I haven't seen like arms grow or, you know, things like that happen. But, you know, I appreciate it. That's all I came Appar- in. Oh sure, uh, thanks. I'm glad you're here. I, apparently, there is in my in my hometown, which I haven't lived in like 20 years, but where I grew up, there's this church there that apparently it's the town is all abuzz, um, claiming that some girls' toes they the, I guess they were like the wrong size. I, I don't even know the real story, but apparently, like toes grew From like Bethel? in in the no, it was like not not someone that had like international acclaim or anything like that. It was just a small like you know local little church of like a thousand people. Anyway, no, but no, like no, just that, that's, no, that story, Nate. I'm telling you, that story has gone viral, and it is, and lots of people are claiming it happened at their church, and it never actually happened. And it was at Bethel Reading that the actual okay, so, thing happened. So, or, or supposedly happened, but it's not true. It came out that it wasn't that her toes were free. Okay, so Chris, is this one of those things you're gonna you're gonna like, tell me about, like, how Bethel is bad. And then I'm like, no, dude, I'm talking about, like, a town in rural Missouri. And they're like, oh, maybe it's not Bethel because it's not Redding, California. It's in, like, a small town in Missouri. Anyway, so I'm, I'm sure saying, there's lots of... I'm just saying, like, look into it deeper because, like, the whole toes regrowing thing is is internationally famous, like, three weeks ago. I think it'd take a miracle for a reformed... Okay, so I don't care about this at all. I'm just going to get through the story. So I'm sure there's lots of claims of toes regrowing. I don't care at all about this. But um, this this... Little the town where I grew up, like they have this church of like a thousand people, maybe. Anyways, so their specific story, regardless of all the other toe stories, is this chick got prayed for like I don't know a while ago, I guess around the same time you're talking about Chris. And like you know, people who, um, like my family knows and stuff who have no reason to lie or whatever, um, like you know, they, they're like, Yeah, they're, they're like up there, you know, in the front of the church praying, and this chick's toes were grown. I'm like, oh, okay, and like it's like in the local newspaper and stuff like that for the specific church um, that I'm not going to name because you know I don't want to dox myself. 
I mean, I haven't lived there in forever, but you know. Um, I mean, I know you have no problem doing that. Anyways, that's the point. So, like, you know, you still hear stories. I'm sure someone's toes actually did regrow at some point in a way that you, Chris, would even be like, yeah, it was a total miracle. Uh, but separating that out from all the ones that are not true, um, you know, that's just like a faith stance. It's like, it doesn't matter for me one way or another. You know, if God did a miracle for someone, I'll never know. And their toe regrew, their arm regrew. Good for them. I'm sure they're happy. Um, and for all the ones that didn't, then, you know, <laughs> I, I probably would not, you know, use the name of God to peddle your lies. Um, anyway, so that that's all. But Blackjack, what's up, Blackjack? Yeah. Uh, good evening, brother. Good evening, good evening. See, uh, recently I have been reading my book of Hebrews. There I came across the humanity of uh, Christ, human nature of Christ. There, when I got a doubt whether, is it required that Christ should be God uh, for our salvation? That is, a, if, 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 uh, if, if, uh, if he is only human being, does it not uh, enough for our salvation or he should be God to complete the salvation for example if, uh, if for a um, if you are considering that if Christ is not God that that uh, in, uh, in any way changes our um, salvation uh, I'm not super following you but Christ is God, and that's why we are saved. He's ah, asking, then, then, Christ is only a human being, does that affect our being, salvation? Does it, uh, uh, does it affect our salvation? The plan that... Well, yeah. Because, I, mean, the Bible, the Bible, I mean, the Bible talks about, you know, against human sacrifice. So if Jesus is just a human, then, I mean, that, that would not only be violating one of God's commandments that, you know, talks about, you know, don't do human sacrifice. Um, so, I mean, that right there would, would be a problem for it. And, you know, only God is perfect, we believe. So, like, if Jesus was just a human, then he wouldn't be perfect because he wouldn't be divine. So it's like just just like, you know, having an, another animal or something be sacrificed for your sins, like an imperfect sacrifice. Ah, so, yes, it would be all kinds of problems. So he was a perfect human being without, without sin, like the first Adam. So he was the best, he was the best, uh, what is a um, uh, human, human being for sacrifice. So it is enough, but uh, the doubt is that why he should be God to be to be our um, born our sin because uh, human beings have sin, so human being should be sacrificed, not God. So in that case, why the issue? Why because in Bible there is no direct uh, reference as Christ was God when he was on earth. There is the no direct entire reference. Bible. The entire Bible is full. Of evidence that Christ is God, the ah, entire. I think I I have I am from Anglican background. I come uh, I completely agree that he is logos. So he he is he is God from the beginning. He is he, he was with Father. So he is God of true God of God. So then, uh, when he came to Earth, he became human being. Uh, because in logos became flesh. It is clearly written. So nowhere in uh, in our New Testament is showing it is a reference that uh, Christ is God on earth. So uh, and uh, it is not required, I think, for, for our salvation, he need not be God. But when he has risen, for, um, God the Father has given all the authority to Christ. So he ha and he's um, uh, seated be uh, besides 
God the Father. So he became God. So he was God. He became human being. Now he is seated in the sitting besides God as both human and God, fully human and fully God. So uh, while on the earth, is it uh, necessary that God, uh, the Christ, should be uh, God? Can I chime in? Because in Hebrews, Hebrews, uh, I think that uh, it is clearly showing that he was not God uh, during the stay on the earth. He was just a human being. Because uh, if he was God, then he won't be um, uh, 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 coming across uh, the problems we, we uh, temptations what we face as human beings. Oh. Black, can I answer? Or I just want to address your. your yes, yes. Do, do, uh, do you believe that Jesus died? Do you believe that Jesus died for sins on the cross? Yes, yes, I believe. Now, do you believe the penalty for sin is eternal damnation? Yes. Okay. Do you think it's a, a just a human being who's not God could bear an eternal punishment in a finite period of time? Yes, I believe because that that, okay. that is how the whole. Uh, old uh, sacrifices is based on. So you believe a fi okay a finite being that you believe Jesus is just a man, not not God, that he mm. took upon himself the sins of all his people, and that he was punished, mm. which would be the equivalent of all his people suffering for eternity in hell for billions and billions and billions of years. He he experienced mm. all that suffering within a a, a, a finite amount of time. You think that's possible mm -hmm. and reasonable that a human being who's not God could do that, who's not an infinite being? Yes, the, the Hebrews says so. Hebrews, book of Hebrews says so. Oh, you know, I, I believe that Jesus did in fact do that, but I believe he's God. And I'm, what I'm, I'm trying to get across is that the only way a, a, a being could do that if he was eternal in his nature. I'm not eternal. No human being uh, will ever be able to pay off their sin no matter how long they spend in hell. hell. Only... But God, man, see, his divinity adds that infinite dignity to his humanity in that sacrifice as to why he was able to bear uh, the punishment in a finite amount of time. Only God could do that. But I, I realize that you're not convinced by that. But um, okay. anyway. Okay. All right, then. So, anything else? No, thanks. Thanks. Sure, sure. Chris, do you have any uh, insight to offer? Wonderful, wonderful. Glad to hear it. Let's see. Anyone else? Feel free to jump up on stage if you like. See, uh, the issue is yeah, issue arises because uh, in our Nicene Creed, it is uh, mentioned uh, clearly about all this um, uh, God the Father, Lord the Son, and Holy Spirit and all. So I was just going through this all Nicene Creed and uh, uh, the councils and all. Then I um, got an uh, idea that the, all this he who, who uh, that homos uh, homos what is a hemostatis, all these things were. Created by uh, that uh, early church fathers, not early church fathers, the uh, church fathers during third century or fourth century and all. 
so basically these uh, these peoples uh, means created something uh, out of somewhere from gnostic uh, gnostic teaching and all these things are not not at all based on bible this nicene creed and all so from this nicene creed all this came that that uh, human that um, uh, christ had a dual nature of uh, human and uh, complete he was completely human and completely god this all thing came, came from nicene creed or this economical councils not from bible because i well, no, uh, so uh, I, um, I, i will well i will stop you i like i don't i, I don't follow the creeds for following the creed sake i don't care about early church fathers that's not my thing i i think they are wrong a lot so i don't care about church fathers however you know some of these creeds like you know they like you can find versions like the Nicene Creed i agree with it not because i follow the church fathers but because i see clearly how they pulled it out of scripture so instead of saying here here's what we believe read the whole bible they're like well you know i i just want to know what you believe right now they're like oh you want to know about the divinity of jesus you want to know about jesus here's what we believe so they pull references from all in the bible and they make a concise statement about it that's that's how they the intent of how they get these creeds So you know I agree with the Nicene Creed because I see where they're pulling it from in the Bible and you can find lots of these with the actual Bible verses. So for example, like not even not even the creed, this isn't even the creed. This is just making sense out of the Bible. Like the Bible says, you know, all nothing has been made that has nothing has been made um that wasn't made through Jesus and he sustains all things. So in Philippians 2:6 it says Jesus, you know, being equal with God, humbled himself and didn't take advantage of that position but humbled himself, took the form of a servant, but it says Jesus is sustaining all things. So if Jesus humbled himself to the point of somehow like giving up his godness his god status and stop being god, he wouldn't be sustaining everything in existence because nothing is sustained that Jesus isn't doing. So if Jesus isn't also god at the same time he's human in this dual nature, then the world wouldn't exist. Like if he stops being god, he stops sustaining every atom and every molecule so the universe just implodes, I guess. So that's why I think, you know, it's if you believe the Bible, Jesus very clearly has a human nature but he very clearly has to retain his god nature as well because he has to sustain the universe at the same time. Like if he wasn't actively god, actively sustaining the universe, then nothing would exist. We wouldn't be having this conversation because it takes Jesus being divine to sustain everything that was created through him. Uh, excuse me, can, can, can you give me the reference for this Christ sustaining the universe. You you have any reference in the Bible? Uh, yeah, give me a few minutes. Yeah, we keep chatting. I'll get it okay. as soon as I can. I'll be thankful. No, uh, um, a black. When are you familiar with the text where Jesus says, "Except you believe that I am, you will die in your sins," and they cast. uh they actually want to cast that stones at him because John, uh, uh, john 8 24 yeah now do you believe that um uh, john 8 24 you go down uh, you go down in in uh, 32 36 and verse and all you will get the uh, right idea what he's saying he is not saying that he's a uh, jehovah of old testament or he's god he's not saying that you can uh, that clarification is given uh down in 30 to 34 and all okay you can't you quote the, the... that doesn't make any sense all the way down to 858 he's claiming deity but what, did you go into like a unitarian youtube or something i don't understand how oh, wonderful
Do you guys hear me? I think my internet's dying. I can hear you, Nate. Okay, because nothing else is working. I'm trying to like get the Bible verse for him, and nothing is working. Like no website I'm clicking on is working. Wonderful. Okay, so just looking at the caption because I couldn't, can't click on it. Check out Hebrews one three. Um, the caption is, you know, Christ created and sustains the world. I can't get the actual verse right now because apparently uh, my internet is trying to die. But check that out. The caption is creator and sustainer of the world. Uh, what was the other thing we we're talking about, Chris, just now? Oh, I mean, all these arguments are like standard boilerplate Unitarian YouTube arguments. Uh, Black, were you responding? Yeah, Nate, the other passage that uh, I mentioned was uh, when Jesus claimed, he says, except you believe that I am, ego emi, you will die in your sins. And he was claiming to be Jehovah. That was the name that uh, uh, God of Israel spoke to Moses, say that I am sent you, you know, so Christ was claiming to be deity. And the Jews understood him correctly because they took up stones to, to uh, stone him because he was claiming to be God. So they understood him correctly, the Jews back then. So they knew what he was. As for Hebrews 1, 3, it says, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had, and he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Thank you, if Sean. You, if you read verse 8, I think it's so clear. Nobody can make a mistake about what this says. It says, but unto the Son, he said, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. No one can make a mistake about who, what, what the Father is referring to the Son as with that verse right there. Yeah, that's excellent text. And it's important to emphasize that Christ right now still has his humanity and he still has his words. He's God, man. Go on. Go on. Go on, Fly. John uh, 8, chapter 24, verse. After that one, you just uh, I'll just read the chapter. Okay, in the 25th verse, it's saying, Then they were saying to him, Who are you? Jesus said to them, what have, have I been saying to you from the beginning? I have many things to say to judge regarding you, but he who sent me is true. And the things which I have heard from him, this I say to the world. So here, just after the 24th verse, where he's saying, I, I, I am Yehovah, in the 25th verse, he's completely changing the matter. He's saying that Father is God. So how come you will be Yehovah? So that is that's why I'm saying you can't uh, refer 824 uh, as um, Keep saying as he's the Stop uh, God. Reading. You read all the way to 58, or we can have somebody else do it. But if you read all the way to 58, it's not that he's reversing himself. They're still picking up stones to kill him because they understand what he is saying. They are not idiots. Um, can I ask a question? Here? 
Sure, please. Oh, no, I was just going to ask um, Blackjack. Um, uh, you said you don't believe in the creeds. Do you believe the Bible is uh, complete? No, I believe in the creed. I was saying, while, while I was uh, going to, I was thinking about the creed, then I was just went through the history of the creeds. Then I found something very fishy, that after the Nicene Creed, the Council of Ephesus took that uh, the, uh, in 421 uh, uh, AD, the Council of Ephesus. In the Council of Ephesus, uh, this Nestorism was objected by Cyril of Alexandria, where the divinity and uh, the, the nature of Christ was um, made that he is fully human and fully, uh, what is a uh, man. So in the Council of Ephesus, they, this thing started that uh, Christ is also God and also human being when he was there on the earth. Actually, in the Nicene Creed, it is not there. In Nicene Creed, it is clearly saying that when he was on the earth, when he was in the, uh, when he took birth from Mary, he became human being, and that human being who was uh, was crucified on the cross. It is in the Nicene Creed. That is, uh, Nicene Creed is completely agreeable. That is up to third. Third Council of uh, Council, Economical Council. That fourth council, that is fourth or 421st Council in Ephesus Council, the, everything changed. So from that Nothing that onwards, the, the... My goodness. Blackjack, listen. Ecumenical councils were called for specific reasons, okay? The specific reason for the Council of Nicaea was that the heresy of the day was something called Arianism, that Jesus was a created being. And so the Council of Nicaea affirmed and reaffirmed the ancient doctrine of the Trinity. They didn't make it up on the spot, but they repudiated Arianism. Nestor came along and he was teaching incorrect things about something called the Incarnation, which is a completely different subject. It is related, in fact, to who Jesus is, but it's not dealing with the concept of the Trinity, it's dealing with the concept of the Incarnation. Nothing was added, they didn't come to a new understanding, it was the same understanding that had been held since the first century and the teachings of the Apostles. They simply laid it out and made a creed about it so that no one would be confused what the Church is teaching. That's all the councils are. They didn't contradict uh, that, 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 is the, that is what I, I am saying exactly. These uh, these things, these councils, uh, these uh, formulations, what they have made during these councils, have so much entered the Christianity that even uh, now in the modern time, we have still the baggage of all this old Christianity. We still carry that old baggage, we, even when we even 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 we are in the modern times. We uh, we have. Uh, ways to read Bible, even then we ca carry out the old baggage of the, those, those peoples, that uh, that homo, uh, what is homostasis union, and all these thing and all. That's, that's, all those things are bullshit. Because, union. Uh, hypostatic union. It is not possible. To, how come a God and human being will be one? It is not possible. And it is not possible at all through Bible. Bible doesn't, doesn't say that right. those so things the are. Bible does teach that. It's in John 1, it says, And he made his dwelling among us. He made his tabernacle among us. John 1, 14. Okay. Okay. 
Okay, so this is, that, a, this is the yeah. first Christian teaching that Jesus Christ is divine. He is God. He is the second person of the Trinity. These are not new things. You, In order to be a Christian, you must believe these things. Nate, Chris, a heretic after the first and second admonition, reject. I think I agree with you. There's nowhere else to go with this. Like, I mean, we keep talking about creeds and stuff. Like, I've read the Bible and, you know, saw this in the Bible way years before I even knew anything about the Nicene Creed or any of this stuff. Like, so whenever I saw it, I'm like, oh, sweet, they got the Bible right. So none of this, like, shaped my view of the Bible because I didn't even know it existed. Um, until, you know, after I'd already saw this stuff in the Bible and had my beliefs formed. And then whenever I saw these creeds, I'm like, oh, huh. turns out someone else read the Bible and just says what it says also. Uh, Sam, I saw your hand raised. I am trying to invite you up. This has got to be the calmest room on Clubhouse. Everyone's just so tranquil. Well, that's isn't that what we want? We don't want a bunch of confusion now. Not this much. No one's talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's say because um, I I do understand the creeds. I understand the meaning behind the creeds and the importance of them. Especially the first one, which is oh, what? Bro, so, you got so much noise going on back there. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm I'm in the office. And oh, the, dude, you, you gotta you gotta you gotta be Ah Ah you, you come back when that printer is done or whatever that was. That is that is going straight to my soul. Um <laughs> So I know I said we were too quiet, but that's that's not the kind of noise. Sean, let us know when you're it sounded like a printer or something was going on, but that was that was more than my ears can take right now. So in John 1.14, it is saying, And the word became flesh the, and dwelt among us. That is, word, the logos became flesh. So logos is not uh, becoming logos and saying as logos and flesh. It, is, it has changed to flesh. So there is no hypostatic union and all, all this thing. It is not based on Bible, the hypostatic union. It's rubbish. Okay. Well, I agree with what Edwin said. Like, there's nowhere else to go. If you think that, that's fine. Um, you're, you know, you're in the company of people like Bob down there. But, um, oh no, I think you're a step away from Bob. But yeah, there's nowhere else to go. That's the answer. Like, it's clearly Jesus is fully God and fully man. And if you read the Bible and you come up with a way, with a different understanding, then, you know, I hope the best for you. Repent and believe the gospel. But, um, yeah, that I mean, we just disagree. All right, Chris, drop some knowledge. What uh, ancient book have you been reading lately? Mm, nothing ancient. Let's see. I'm reading A.W. Pink, The Sovereignty of God. I'm reading Poet and Prophet, An Examination of the Parables in Luke. That one's pretty good. Hmm. All right, well, let's call it a day then.
There's a lot of people yesterday. I didn't think the topic was nearly as good. But all right, everyone, thanks for playing. It's a nice, cloudy, rainy day, so I'm going to enjoy it. And uh, that's my weather. Everyone else likes sunshine and bright stuff. I'm like, nah, I want clouds and rain. All right, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Take care.